first of all, Coach, thanks for coming on. And I think the big story now is that Chris Gaston will be back in action after missing six games with a knee injury. How much of a boost will it be to get him back out there and have him healthy? Well, it'll be huge for us, obviously, uh, not just from a basketball standpoint, you know, the numbers that Chris is putting up, but just his maturity level to have a senior on the floor, for him to be there during crunch time. One of the things we've struggled with uh, has been closing out games, and, and one of the reasons that uh, that's a problem is we don't have a lot of veterans on the floor. We're playing with young guys, and it's a new experience for them. So having that veteran leader on the floor will be a good thing for us. Now, what do you think you learned about your team in the games that, that Chris wasn't there? Uh, that we're young and that, uh, you know, right now we're calling mistakes experience, you know, uh, and we got a lot of it. We've been making a lot of mistakes, especially down the stretch of games when we were trying to close out a couple of them. So um, I think that's a key. I think we did a great job rebounding the basketball last weekend uh, without Chris, and that obviously will become much better because he's one of the premier rebounders in the country, averaging, you know, over 10 a game uh, his last uh, his first three seasons here. But uh, I think the maturity and the leadership are going to be keys. Now, with a guy coming back from an injury like this, coming back from surgery, do you worry about him maybe trying to do too much too fast? Yeah, well, we keep an eye on him. In practice, He, um, you know, we'll break it down. He won't be on the floor the entire practice. He hasn't been this week. There's, there's always going to be a little bit of swelling after you have a operation of this nature. He's been rehabbing, you know, with Dave Zippo, our athletic trainer, who's wonderful, is the, is the best in the business. So... We have great confidence there. He's been seen by George Zambetti, our team orthopedic surgeon, a number of times. So everybody's very comfortable that the, the uh, operation was a success, and now we have to get him back into game shape, and it's hard to do, uh, you know, quickly. So I think his minutes will probably be, you know, 25, 28 minutes um, Saturday, and then we'll build on it the following week as well and, uh, and then get ready for uh, back-to-back games, basically a Friday evening and a Sunday noon game against UConn and uh, Siena as we go to 21-23 a month. Now, with Chris out, Ryan Canty seemed to get better every game. Now that Chris is going to be back into the lineup, do you think that will that will help Ryan to be able to play with someone like Chris Gaston? Well, I would hope so, and I, and I hope he can continue to put up the same numbers because if you have two front court guys averaging a double-double, you know, you're that much better a team. So uh, I think uh, a lot of people have gotten a lot of minutes because of uh, of the injury. And I think that that's going to speed up the process of them all becoming better players quicker. And, Coach, another story that that broke a few days ago with this team is that Devon McMillan asked for and was granted his release from the team. Can you tell me about how that happened and and what the decision process was like? Yeah, I mean, once again, any time a young man uh, leaves, it's hard. You know, Uh, we've we've become close with these guys through the recruiting process. And, you know, we sat down with Devon and his family, and and, uh, his concerns were, you know, as usual, when, when players leave, it's generally about playing time and what we envisioned his future being here. Uh, you know, what really happened with uh, Devon was that he's more of a combo guard than a true point guard. And I think that uh, that's why last year he struggled a bit with the ball in his hands. And I'm, I don't believe you can create point guards. I think point guards are kind of like uh, shortstops in baseball. They're born. They're not, uh, you know, you can't turn a, a third baseman into a shortstop. I guess unless it's A-Rod, <laughs> and you needed to do it. But, um, you know, in, in talking about that and then looking at the numbers of the players that we have off the basketball, you know, with Brandon Frazier and Jeff Short and Brian Smith and Mandel Thomas and so on and so on, I think he he was concerned about where his minutes were going to come, how big a part he would take, uh, he would have, rather, as we move forward here. And uh, the advantage in our sport of being able to leave mid-year is that he could uh, – find another school, sit the two semesters, the one year in residency, 
and basically next year miss maybe eight, nine games, but still get you know a full twenty-one games in wherever he goes. So uh, you know, I think the world of him. He's he's a he's a good kid. Uh, he comes from a good family, and uh, we all kind of agreed that it would probably be uh, the best move, and we're going to help him in every way we can. Now, with McMillan being off the team, do you think that puts more pressure on Jermaine Myers, a guy who's already playing a lot of minutes for this team? Uh, to, a, to a degree, but I think that was one of the issues. I think you know Brandon Frazier's got the best assist to turnover ratio on the team, so having the ball in Brandon's hands is a good thing. So Brandon will get those backup minutes at the point. I think uh, I've got to find some minutes to give Brandon a blow. Uh, knowing that we're going to ask him to have the ball in his hands as well as do so much he, that he does off the ball scoring for us. And uh, and that means that some of the younger guys that were I just mentioned, the Shorts and, and Mandel Thomas and Brian Smith, they've got to they've step their games up uh, so we can take Brandon off the floor. Now, looking at some of the numbers for your team this year, collectively you're shooting 30% from the three-point line. It seems like you're able to find good looks. Your guys just haven't been knocking them down. Do you have... Any explanation for that, and how do you improve upon those numbers going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, Saturday was a perfect example of the guard, and we had some great looks from three, and, and a couple rattled in and out, and we didn't knock them down. But I think numbers can be very deceiving, especially when you're struggling like we are at one and eight, because what happens is late in games you're chasing teams, trying to put up points, taking some threes that are uh, more than you would usually do, and uh, and you're taking them under duress because you're trying to get back in the game and you're playing at a quicker pace. But I think as the year progresses, those numbers have to climb if we're going to have some success. And we're a good shooting team. For the most part, we have, we have uh, the right people taking the threes. And I think uh, that they've got to go through a stretch here where they get nice and hot and, and make some. And I think playing in our own gym might have a, have a pretty good impact on that. So I'm, I can't tell you how, how much I'm looking forward to playing back in Rose Hill. Now, your team is also averaging 16 turnovers per game. Is that something that you credit just to being a young team, and how do you improve upon those numbers? Well, we, you know, I, I think we have game goals, you know, for every game, and, uh, and they don't change. You know, we want to hold our opponent to 40% shooting or less from the floor. We want to have 14 or fewer turnovers. So we're in the neighborhood with that. Uh, you know, the other night we had, we had five on moving screens, you know, that were called. So... Uh, when they're when they're adding up like they were the other night, uh, you know they, they come to you from they come in every direction and, and that pushes up numbers. But I think as the year progresses, the ball will be in Jermaine Myers' hands. He's a freshman. He's getting better at it. He still has a a positive uh, assist to turnover ratio. And in, in Brandon Frazier's hands, we should be cutting down on those type of things. Okay, and I already asked you about the outside game. I want to talk about the inside game now. Some of your younger forwards, guys like Ryan Canty and Travion Leonard. Now that Chris Gaston's back into the mix, how much better does do those two guys become up front? And even a guy like Ryan Rooms, who we saw get a start the other night at the Garden. Yeah, no, very much so. I think what's going to really happen as we move forward and hopefully stay healthy is that in, at the center position, it'll be Canty and Rooms. And then at the four spot, it'll be Chris and uh, Travion. Uh, Travion's got a great skill set for a guy his size. He can pass, he can shoot the basketball from the perimeter a little bit. He's a good screener, and, and that's important in our four-out motion offense for that perimeter forward to be able to screen and then if people play small we're able to roll them down to the post and get some touches in the post uh, post area and paint area but they have developed uh, obviously Canty's been a, a pleasure and I think he surprised a lot of people but we've always felt he had great potential and with big guys you have to be patient you know it, ta- it takes longer for them to get it together very often but um, a number of people who have been around Fordham basketball for a long time have commented on this young bunch of, of front court guys and to have this kind of size and youth, you know, all in the freshman and sophomore class uh, 
is a good thing moving forward. And obviously having Chris this year next to them to mentor him a little bit is a good thing as well. Now, Coach, I have to ask you about this game at the Barclays Center because when you think about the game at the Garden, that was really a St. John's home game, even though there was a, a good amount of Fordham fans there as well. Uh, I know you really want to play a game here at Rose Hill Gym, but being at the Barclays Center, you should have a little bit of a home field advantage. How much do you think that'll help? I think it'll help a lot. and you know We're both playing in it for the first time ourselves in Princeton, so uh, you're not going to get that big of one. I think the next time we go in there will be a little different, but... Um, you know, I, I think our fan base will turn out. I, you know, I think they did a good job representing as well as they could, considering their seat locations at the Garden. You know, there was uh, the St. John's students were at both ends of the floor, on the floor. Uh, and, then, you know, you're playing in the sea of red, except for those one or two sections that we had. So it definitely was a home game for them. Uh, but, yeah, we should have an advantage. And once again, as I said, uh, our fan base has got to, you know, they've got to keep the faith and they've got to come out and they've got to uh, support if we're going to have the opportunity to play in Barclays again in the future and uh, and in the Garden and other places, it's a business, and they want to know that, that Fordham travels well, so it's important for our fans to come out. Now, looking at your record so far, you said before the season started that you know it's, it's a brutal schedule. The guys would probably take their lumps early, but that would make you a better team down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all that being said, how would you kind of gauge where your team is at right now? Well, I'm obviously very disappointed. I was, I was talking to Tom Parada, my assistant, yesterday, and I was like, I've never been 1-8 in my life. And I'm thinking back to third and fourth grade CYO basketball. So, I mean, I'm going way back there, guys. And uh, I'm very uncomfortable with it. I, it's, a, it's a first experience for me uh, in that sense. But once again, I understand. And as we went into the season, you don't want to think about getting off to a start like this. But I'm not, I'm not totally shocked. I mean, I thought we might have two or three wins at this point uh, with Chris out. You know, there were a couple games. You know, the Fairfield game was a very, very gettable game, I felt, I thought. And, uh, you know, a game where we didn't make a couple plays late in the game and, and they had a veteran backcourt and they did. And, you know, the, when you have a young team like this, you if, you if you win the Fairfield game, you go into the Manhattan game with great confidence. And then maybe at home you get that one, a game we played very well for 38 minutes and, and they, they took the game over the last couple minutes of the game. So, uh, look, you know, we're all big boys. You're going to go out, we're going to play Saturday against Princeton and we're going to, it's all about one game at a time, and you really have to live in the moment if you're going to have success. Even when you're having great seasons, you um, really don't look back on them as a coach until the season's over. You know, it's really just about the next game, and, and you know, I'm just watching Princeton film, you know, uh, any hour, any waking hour I can, uh, and just preparing for that game, and then boom, that game ends, and win or lose, you think about it till midnight, and then you roll over, and the next day you're up, and, and we're watching UConn tape and, and getting ready for it. So that's how the season moves forward. And I think we can get better. I know we will. And I believe that, uh, you know, we get into con- non we're going to go through our non-conference play and, and finish up at Ole Miss on the 4th of January and then pick it up and, and start a new and uh, a fresh, uh, fresh schedule in the, uh, in the A-10 with Duquesne coming in here on the 9th, I believe. And, Coach, without Chris Gaston, Brandon Frazier has been taking a lot of shots. He's been trying to shoulder the load offensively. Now that Chris is back, do you think that takes some pressure off him? And with that being said, how important will it be for you guys to to be balanced offensively, for guys like Brian Smith to get involved uh, and really everybody to chip in? Yeah, no doubt. It gives us, you know, the best teams are balanced teams. And Chris warrants double teams. A lot of teams are going to send a second defender at him, and, and that's going to give us better shot opportunities if we move the basketball the way we're capable of. And Brian Smith, you know, I met with him today about being more consistent. He's a, he's a sophomore who's played a lot of minutes as a freshman, so I expect him to be a, a veteran sophomore and 
the key for Brian is consistency. When Brian Smith has a big game, we usually win. Now, looking at this Princeton team, you said you've been looking at film with uh, film on them. What is the biggest challenge that they pose to your team? Well, I think, uh, you know, like every Princeton, it's redundant. You know, they're a bright Princeton team, you know, a smart Princeton team. But their basketball IQ is very high. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably mix some multiple defenses at them. But they can really hurt you with ball movement if you're in your man-to-man stuff. So we'll throw some man and some zone at them at different times. Uh, they're a physically tough team. They're like Harvard. You know, they they will both pick to win the Ivy uh, this year. So uh, it's going to be a good challenge that way. I think we need to jump on them early. I think we need our young, big people, uh, along with Chris, on the baseline to impose their will on, on a team like Princeton. And, and we should hurt them uh, on the offensive backboards and uh, with post-ups in the paint if we're doing our job and we're playing at the level we're capable of. And that, in turn, will soften them up and allow our guards to get some good looks. All right, Coach Tom Pecora, thanks a lot, and uh, best of luck out there against Princeton. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure.